It is official. Victor Kui is the new president and CEO of the Edmonton Elks. Will be introduced, unveiled, as it were, at a photo op uh, at City Hall later on this morning, 11.30 this morning. Ian Murray, chair of the Edmonton Elks Board of Directors, and Mayor Amarjeet Sohi will be there, as will Victor Kui. And he's joining us right now on what will be a big and busy day for him. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Doing really well. And yes, Morley Scott, your voice of the Edmonton Elks will be jumping in on this conversation here in a little bit. So do I call you Victor, Vic, or Mr. Quee? What's your What's your preference? Victor, Vic, brother, <laughs> any of those is, all, is good with me. All right, brother. We've heard a little bit about your story here in the last couple of days, and it's it, it's a great story. And we, we've been talking about how much you bring with, with being part of Edmonton and all of that. I'm curious as to how long you've been you've been sort of eyeing this position. How long has this uh, been something that's been in your mind, a position that you want wanted to be able to take? Have you had previous conversations with the, with the, the Edmonton football team in the past? Take me down that path a little bit. Tell me where you've been. Let me say how long, let me answer this question. You, you say to me, how long has this been in my mind? Yeah. I would say when I was 12 years old, and I came to a game, and I remember thinking, my gosh, how could I be a part of this organization? And at that time, I fantasized as a young boy that I would play on the field. I dreamt of being the next Gizmo Williams. And that's where I thought that I'd have an opportunity. Unfortunately, as I later discovered in my teenager years, um, God had given me the desire to be a football player, but decided as a practical joke not to give me any of the physical attributes or skills required. So I I missed out on that. But this is really, um, you know, Daryl, I'll say a culmination of a lifelong dream of experiences to be able to contribute to the community and to this organization. So, I really feel lucky. So that dream as a 12-year-old boy, when as an adult did you realize this could happen, that I could be running the business side and the operations side of the Edmonton Elks football team? Well, I'd say maybe about four or five years ago as several friends that I grew up with in university became board members or became involved with the organization, looked at it, and I was looking at the challenges that um, that the team was facing, which actually, truth be told, is the same challenges sport properties all around the world were facing. Declining ticket sales, uh, competing with the mobile phone, how do you innovate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I... I was facing those exact same challenges in my business. And it was always in my mind of how can I take this knowledge that I've acquired from best practices, from sport properties all around the world, and find a way to contribute to my hometown. So that seed was sort of planted you know, when I was looking at the challenges the, the, the team was facing and how I could share some of my knowledge with them. I know that Morley wants to jump in on this, so I'm going to give him the opportunity because he's chomping at the bit. Hey, Victor, congratulations. Good morning. Morley, thank you very much, man. I appreciate talking to you. Uh, thank you. Uh, I, I just was watching part of the video that uh, that the football team, that the Elks put out uh, about your arrival earlier this week. And uh, talk to me about the emotion that was that you had as you're walking into the building at Commonwealth, as you went into the Elks dressing room, because it looked like it was uh, kind of a real surreal moment for you. It was a sense of overwhelming 
responsibility and humility in that I walk in this room and I look at these pictures and these names and these leaders of greatness, you know, and I think of the kind of iconic leadership that this team has produced historically from Peter Lougheed, Don Getty, Mayor Bill Smith, and, you know, these people that have led not only our city but our province. And I think, wow, I have this responsibility to add another chapter to this legacy and to help move our organization forward. And I just feel felt so honored to be a part of that and make my my contribution. I don't want to speak for you, but I imagine one of your first priorities is going to be trying to repair that disconnect with the fans we've seen growing over the last couple of years. And how are you going to do that? Well, I haven't really looked under the hood yet. Uh, you know, because technically my first day hasn't started, and but there's a there's a lot of things that we need to solve. I think in many ways uh, we let the fans down for different things, some within our control, some beyond our control. And while I know that we have the right team and the right board who are ready to innovate um, and take the, the the organization forward, I know we have a lot of challenges up ahead. And um, yeah, you're, you're right. The the connection with the community and the fan and uh, fan base, everybody talks about that. There's a lot of things that we need to solve. Uh, and we're our first task is to prioritize and make sure that we are putting the right resources to the right problems to get the solutions that give us the biggest impact. I'm curious as well, Vic, uh, we, we talked about your, your background and, and you've mentioned your background in sports properties in, in a variety of things. We, we know what you did with the one championship. It's now a billion dollar industry. How do you manage expectations? Because there are some people who will want a switch flicked and everything changes and it was, it's got to be perfect this year. Do you have to manage expectations or do you try to meet those expectations? I'm a firm believer that success doesn't happen with a one-off change. It has to be habitual. It has to be across the organization. And when you have every single piece of the engine from the person that's just joined the company to someone that's been there for 20 years, and they are all crystal clear on our mission to be the number one sport property in this country, then we're gonna have a solution that is long-term. Now, you could come in and we could do flashy changes and et cetera, et cetera, but that's just a new coat of, of, of paint. And what we really want to do is build the right foundation that's going to let us improve year after year after year. So when you say look under the hood, uh, does that mean looking at uh, the personnel who are involved, is look at attitude, policy, everything from parking to tailgates to halftime entertainment, like all across the board? Where, where do you even start? Well, my job in the first part here is, is to listen. I need to listen to what fans are saying, our stakeholders are saying, our alumni, our, our staff, our team, our coaches, and understand the challenges that they're facing. Because truthfully, my job is to make sure that we allocate the right resources and the right support to the great people that we've hired so that they can do their job and do what they're really awesome at. That's where my responsibility comes in. I, I'm not physically doing their job because then that would be, have been pointless to hire those, those, those people. Mm-hmm. So 
we really need to look, when I say look under the hood, it is understanding everyone's challenges across the entire organization. Can you give me an idea, as coming from something like One Championship, which is mixed martial arts, and I know that uh, you know uh, televised and viewing is really big with that. You've been able to help grow that into a, this massive entity. What happened there that directly relates to what you might be able to do with the Edmonton Elks? Just as somebody who's not in business doesn't necessarily understand, uh, you know, that that sports business. Can, can you give me some examples of, of what you've did there that might work here? I'm not trying to you know, pin you down and say you're going to do, but it, it might just help me to, to understand how you can go from one to the other. That, that's an excellent question, Daryl. Uh, one championship today is broadcast to 150 countries around the world. Uh, we hold about, we were holding about 24 events a year broadcast in anywhere from four to seven different languages and reaching a total audience, global audience, some cases around 1.5 billion to 2 billion in excess, depending on what our, what our show was. Now, what we did really well was a seamless integration of television with the mobile phone and digital strategy. Today, One Championship is the number one most viewed content on Facebook in the world, in the world, the number one in the world. and. You have to remember when I, when I started that company 11 years ago with my, with my co-founder, um, I set up the first Facebook page and we had zero fans. Uh, to today we're where it's 30 million. Now, how does that transcend and transfer over to the Edmonton Elks? Well, we have a fantastic product. And we can't control the results what happens on, on the field. But what we can control is how do we continually ignite the fire of passion in our fans with our storytelling and deliver those stories to them across every single platform that they engage in, whether it's television, radio, mobile phone, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. Now, it's our obligation to, to storytell to the fans, to remind them of our rich history, to remind them and help them understand where we came from and also where we are going. Now, that is completely separate from, you know, not completely separate. It's correlated to what happens on the field and our success on the field. But there's so many great stories that we can tell and connect, make that emotional connection yep. again with the fans and on the field that's chris jones's job and he's got a new one and i know i know you like him but i know that morley also wants to jump in on this as well uh, before we run out of time because this has been fun so far yeah victor i, I this is uh, i think everyone agrees it's a big job uh, my curiosity with it is how do you start where do you start how uh, how daunting is the task and how how uh, how do you get going on this thing because it, it is you know a big job well, like there's that saying, a marathon starts with the first step, right? Every inch counts. We're going to fight for every inch step by step. I'm using a whole bunch of sport cliches now. So, um, <laughs> but uh, really, while the challenge could be daunting, I'm actually more filled with excitement about it. And um, I had I'd mentioned this earlier, I mean, yesterday to, to read, and I'll say it again. I am so lucky that what I get to do is align the passion of my heart, my internal fire, with my external skill set. And this 
global sports business experience that I've got somehow is magically aligned with a team that I love and a city that I love. And I hold that responsibility very dear, but it also ignites in me a desire to give my very best and deliver the best work of my entire life. So I'm very excited about that. I think there, there, there becomes an issue of trust, and I think already with your story, because you're an Edmonton guy. You grew up here. You watched the team. You went to the University of Alberta. You you wanted to come back home and, and make a difference. So uh, I, I know that you can't say that I'm going to do this, 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 and this. You have to figure it out. But it, it's a matter of trust, and you have to hope that people trust in your story and your intent and your and your resume altogether. Well, trust is one part of it, but I want to deliver results. I want the fans to see that I'm making, um, this is a results-driven organization, and that's what I want to deliver. That's the objective. That's the mandate that the board has given me and that the community demands of us as, as administrators of this team. But, you know, speaking of trust, I just want to make one last thing is, wow, to hear Randy Kilburn's voice. <laughs> I worked with him in 2001 at the Edmonton World Championship, and I didn't even need to hear his name to recognize his voice. And it just ignited all these memories, you know, in, in, my, in my brain again. So I just want to say hi to Randy. And Randy says he was talking about you earlier as well, so no doubt he says hi back. One more thing, I got a question in from a scout from Section X. He says, uh, will we see you at the stadium and at events? That's one of the things. Will you be uh, more of out there and uh, a real face of the franchise? Uh, I will be the biggest loudmouth promoter of the organization that I can and a mouthpiece. But my really... I think my job is to build heroes for the community and make our coaches and our players and elevate them. Let them stand on my shoulders. This, this opportunity for me, for me isn't driven by an ego of I want to be famous or, or I need this job as another stepping stone for my, for my career. I don't need any of that. I'm very, very fortunate that way. So. I'm driven by a desire to see everybody achieve greatness in their own area. Now, if we can get back to the time where our community and our children and the other next 12-year-old boy like I was is putting up a picture of an Edmonton Elks up in his bedroom, that's a win for us. Victor, love the passion, love uh, love the vision that you have. Uh, so good to talk to you. Once again, congratulations on, on being named the Elks' CEO and uh, president moving forward. I look forward to meeting you face-to-face and having some conversations because uh, I enjoyed this morning. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.